In our final podcast in this set, we are again joined by Orsa from Vinger in Sweden, and we're covering other key relevant employment law topics. Hi, Orsa. Um, Hi. You mentioned in, in our last podcast that um, the only sort of relevant employee representative body in Sweden is a trade union, so you don't have works councils or other bodies. Could, could you just explain the role of the trade union um, in Sweden for us? Yes, I'll, I'll try to, because uh, uh, it is um, rather straightforward and it's not, so, so let me explain. <laughs> uh, but but um, an employee can be a, so yeah, an employee can be a trade union member. And if the company has a, a collective bargaining agreement, the employees of the same trade union or members of the same trade union can form a local trade union, as you would call it. Um, that would be employees in the company. And that local trade union will be the first um, speaking partner in terms of consultation under the uh, Co-Determination Act in Sweden. And then you could move from a local consultation to a central consultation if, if, no, if there's a dispute then either party has the right to call for a central consultation. And that means the Central Employers Association and the Central Trade Union. Um, and, but in many companies, either with a collective bargaining agreement and definitely in companies without the collective bargaining agreement, there will not be a local trade union. So therefore for any consultation that the employer has to initiate, that would be asking the employees uh, that are concerned by the specific questions to be consulted, whether they are a trade union member, and then the employer has to reach out to that or those trade unions for, uh, for consultations. And that might seem strange for, for certain companies that we, we, are, we need to go externally with this request, but from a Swedish perspective, that's not anything strange and the trade unions keep quiet about things um, and uh, can't go sort of public with, with any details. And also typically there's a, cons a discussion with the trade union or it's even in the consultation initiation uh, made clear towards the trade union, whether they can, before the first meeting with the employer, discuss things with the employees or with their members or not. Um, so it really works as sort of an extended internal party, if you like. That makes sense. Um, and um, we know in a lot of European jurisdictions, there are kind of sector level bargaining agreements and, and that's not something that's particularly common, well, it's not something that we have at all in the UK. Um, is that something you have in Sweden? So there are no generally applicable collective bargaining agreements or sector uh, collective bargaining agreements based, based on sort of sector or based on certain type of uh, employee employer or the number of employees or so, something or anything like that so the only way to become bound by or that's actually three ways but so first the two formal ways to become bound by a collective bargaining agreement is to either enter into a membership of the employers association and that's the most usual way to become a member you will then also get um uh, automatically sort of become part of the insurances that you have to have by the collective bargaining agreement and you also get support from the employer association 
um, under the fee to, to that association. You can also, as a company, enter into uh, a direct collective bargaining agreement with a trade union or with trade union or several trade unions. The most usual way to do so is to say uh, in, in a short agreement with the trade union that we will at each time follow this collective bargaining agreement reached between other parties. We, we would never recommend that to a new company, to a company reaching or wanting to enter into a collective bargaining agreement because then it will be difficulties in interpreting the collective bargaining agreement. And a third way to become bound by, by a collective bargaining agreement under Swedish law is to um, acquire business under a transfer of undertaking in which a collective bargaining agreement applicable in the business that is transferred will come with the business to the, new, to the acquirer unless it is terminated um, uh, in the transferring business. Okay, thank you. So, so final question, really, I think. Are there any other issues you'd like to flag to businesses employing people in Sweden? Yeah, I mean, uh, there are one thing that perhaps isn't news to anyone, but I, I think it's wor worth mentioning anyway, and that's to make sure that the candidate you're, you're employing in Sweden has the work, uh, work permit to work in Sweden. Um, and uh, that is basically not so different to many other jurisdictions, but but still it's worth mentioning, I think. And um, and especially uh, if, if it's a UK company now that we have the Brexit situation. Um, and also um, I wanted to mention due to the large extent of work we get from UK companies um, employing like one individual in Sweden to do certain type of work in Sweden, but not necessarily under a um, local entity in Sweden. But if there's a, a requirement for, the, for such employee to work from home, that could be a permanent establishment, meaning that, uh, that the income the company make in, in relation to Sweden would be taxed in Sweden. So before entering into an, an employment agreement uh, with sort of a single employee with a, a, a foreign employer, the overall circumstances should really be looked at so that there's not a permanent establishment um, being considered from a Swedish tax perspective. And uh, the third thing, um, perhaps that, that is interesting to know because of what I described in the last episode regarding firing, is that the uh, somewhat unbalanced rule regarding terminations due to personal reasons and the length of disputes that could be, uh, be the case and also the employer's um, financial exposure in, in terms of terminations under Swedish law is that there are changes planned uh, in the Employment Protection Act, which would mean that the employment would actually be terminated in the end of the notice period when someone is terminated due to personal reasons and, and redundancy, but that's not changing. That hasn't been the case before as well. So in this case, uh, under personal reason termination, the, the employment would end in the end of the notice period. There will still be possible to have like a dispute following, following that, the employee would get, or the former former employee would get unemployment support during the dispute, 
And uh, in the end of, of the dispute, if the employer is successful, nothing else is paid. If the employee is successful, then there will be a retroactive payment obligation for the period of the dispute. Um, and also it should be made more clear what is actually legal grounds for termination due to personal reasons. So it, they're supposed to become more, it's supposed to become more uh, predictable for the employers, which we from sort of, which rep represent employers mostly um, really welcome. Yeah, that makes sense. And actually, the, the, those changes, I suppose, bring that more in line with what we have. So employment terminates um, at the end of the notice period. And then if the employee is successful, then the damages reflect kind of their losses um, in the period up to the tribunal claim. So that, yeah. that, that makes sense. Um, yeah, the current legislation is really, I mean, I dare to say ridiculous because it's uh, it's in so imbalanced and it puts all burden on the employers, actually. Yeah. And it can't be a, I suppose, having an having an employee that you've tried to dismiss still working, it can't, it can't be pleasant. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, it's horrible. I mean, often most, I mean, most employees would, of course, be satisfied in, in staying at home because they don't want to be in the workplace either. But, you know, there's one or two each, each half year, which we would, rep in, in cases we represent the employers and whereby the employee is so, you know, fixed to the uh, business of the employer that they still want to work or, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it is, it could cause a lot of uh, frustration and difficulties in the workplace, I dare to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect. Well, that um, that completes our series um, with author and it's been, um, thank you so much, it's been incredibly interesting. Um, and uh, if anyone has any um, queries on the topics we've been discussing, please do get in touch with us or Orsa, and um, we'll see you in the next podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Orsa.